I really started doing a little bit deeper work in shifting my thinking, my mindset. And so when people ask me, how did you lose 100 pounds? I tell them I changed who I was being in my life. Welcome to the new 1% podcast. My name is Savannah Ashley. I'm a life coach, serial entrepreneur, and have been traveling the world since 2016. And I believe in getting paid to do what you love. Each week, I'm sharing stories and strategies to help you improve your life, dream bigger, and ultimately become the healthiest, wealthiest, and most fulfilled version of yourself. Are you ready for a 1% lifestyle? Then let's get into the show. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Stacey Rasky. Stacey is an abundance coach, business strategist, and boundaries expert who specializes in helping entrepreneurs struggling with scarcity, self-doubt, and overthinking to create the confidence and consistency they need to reach their high-level goals. Her and I connected so quickly and we just had the most amazing chat getting into her story and how she helps entrepreneurs develop a better mindset and the confidence to believe that they're good enough to be successful, to kind of get to the root issues that are blocking their successes. And she actually gives them a toolkit to stop them from getting in their own way and break the sabotage cycle for good. Now that's what I'm all about. Her and I just have such a similar mission. So it was such a pleasure to have a chat to her and bring some some different perspective and some different life experience to the table for you to all listen. So with that said, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Stacey, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to connect with someone who is kind of in the same space, but also has such a different story. And I was just wondering, like, can you can you give us a bit of background about you? I know you've got such a interesting story from being a homeless teenager to then serving in the Iraq war. And now you're a coach and kind of all these things in between. Can you give us the rundown on what that's looked like? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, first of all, for just, I'm so honored to be here and, you know, to to have this amazing uh, connection with you and to be of service to your listeners. So, so thank you. Um, and yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I always tell everybody, I'm Stacey Rasky, the Empowered Overthinker. Um, it was really my own transformation journey from that space of intense overthinking and kind of everything under that umbrella of overthinking, which is like the perfection and the procrastination, expectation, all those variety of control issues becoming so overwhelming. I mean, the depression, the anxiety, the post-traumatic stress as an Iraq war veteran, um, leading to almost literal shutdown in my life and kind of my rock bottom moment. And then the recovery journey and the rebuild journey into this space of, of thriving in alignment and living my purpose and authenticity. But a lot of those, the, the groundwork for hitting that rock bottom moment really came from, from childhood. What was, what was interesting in recovering from my, my military traumas was once I kind of processed through that, what welled up to fill that space was like, oh, look, childhood traumas. Wow. <laughs> and so it really was a lot of instability growing up, growing up in a, a household with, with abuse and alcoholism and moving around a lot. So lots of instability and, and parents divorcing very early. And so a lot of those, those things that really dig into that root scarcity which is I am not enough. And that root belief, limiting belief, and that, that root scarcity drove a lot of my overthinking. And, and there's so many great qualities that contribute to eventually that overthinker space because we're inherently like high performers, high achievers, you know, the perfectionists. And yet th those high achievers 
and I know because I am one, it, it, we, we can struggle with some of the most intense self-doubt. And a lot of that comes from building a life based on shoulds and all of these crazy expectations we have and all of these control issues. And what I found at the root was it was because I was felt so out of control inside. And my journey to the place that I am now was about shifting into a space of taking my power back and taking control of what I actually have control over, which is me. And in sort of owning my story and owning my brand, um, that's why I'm the empowered overthinker, because there's so many great qualities in there, but then it's about sh shifting into that space of empowerment, taking your power back, and um, you know, really thriving from that place of alignment and authenticity, whether we're talking about life or business or both. So... Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, I mean, my mom, my mom and I moved to Alaska when I was 13. I'm originally from Chicago and um, it was just really the two of us up there. And, and my junior year of high school, she's like, I'm moving again. And I was like, I'm done moving. We moved so many times. I said, Nope, I'm done. And she's like, well, I'm going anyway. And so at 16, here I am on my own, <laughs> nowhere to live and just kind of figure it out and moved in with friends. So Gosh, so you were 16 and living on your own in Alaska? Yes. <laughs> when you frame it like that, it sounds utterly ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just so worried for your 16-year-old self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so where, where did you go from there? Like, how, how did your journey into entering the military happen? Uh, it was not right away. It it so I I like I said I moved in with some friends and and kind of hopped around between between different friends' parents' houses to finish out high school. I did go to college right out of high school because it was expected, right? It's it's doing the life based on shoulds even that early. Um, and then after the first two years, I was like, this is just I'm not in the right frame of mind. I don't know what I'm doing. Even though I was a high achiever, I was on academic probation because I just wasn't into it. And so I left. I moved to Salt Lake City for a few years, took a few years off, just kind of figuring myself out. And I was like, you know, I need a big dramatic change. And at 22, I joined the Army. <laughs> wow. So most women, like, just either get a new hairstyle or, um, like, cities or, you know. That's like Yes, that is true. <laughs> But power to you. And, and how long did you serve for? So I originally enrolled for four years, but um, I got hurt when I was uh, deployed to Iraq. And so when I came back, I was medically medically discharged uh, at three years. So I, I, I made three years. I did chemical and biological warfare detection. And so we were very busy after 9-11. Um, yeah, it was definitely probably a very non-traditional thing but you know I that's my thing I go against the grain I just it, it was probably inevitable that I would get to that place of really radiating you know real raw authenticity because I've always just done my own thing go my own way I mean even with me today with being an avid motorcyclist you know I have a bike biker chick you know like, just do my own thing that's amazing I love that and I have so much respect for um, going against the grain and doing your own thing because at the end of the day you can go to sleep knowing that you've done what actually lights your soul up and you know you've forgotten what everyone else thinks you should do and you've really just done what you know you should do and what is that like pivot kind of period look like for you because there's been so many changes through the years and you've you've gone down so many different routes and obviously um with being taken out of the military early uh or rather finishing up your career there early that would have been a massive shift again and how do you kind of like process those shifts what does that look like you know it, it's funny because i think with the it inherent kind of poor, poor coping that I grew up with. Um, you know, a lot of it was just avoidance. It was, I could constantly feel myself out of alignment. Um, but I didn't have the language to define it that way at the time. And it was, so it was just constantly searching for the next thing and just keeping myself focused on the next thing. So as soon as I got out of the military, um, I was able to go back to college and I just was all in, which was not a good thing being newly married 
you know, I was all into school and, and that's just where my focus went. It was just hyper focus, you know, a grades are an easy form of validation because I always needed external validation. You know, that's part of that giving my power away was, you know, I need validation from my husband or from, you know, some relationship or from my parents or needing that success or that grade. And so here I am, a non-traditional student going back to college at 25 years old, and I was so all in with school, it was straight A's. And just that's where my focus went because I needed that validation in my grades. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I know I certainly can because there's so much almost pressure from the outside world, but also this like social conditioning where on the inside you do start to exactly like you said, overthink things and seek validation from anything else that's not actually you. But how, like, I mean, we're all on our own journey with kind of self-love and self-care and it's become such a hot topic and a real kind of forefront um, message nowadays where people are kind of hyping up loving yourself and really tuning into the internal world like how long did it take you to figure out that that is where you were seeking validation from and that it wasn't actually coming from your internal that's definitely a much more recent um, lesson for me. Ooh. Yeah, much more, much more, much more recent because that, that I think people can see the evidence of that when I had that, that shift sort of after my rock bottom moment was, was, um, you know, kind of from the graduating college, fast forward kind of 10 years or yeah, 10 years later, that 10 years I built my life on shoulds, you know, get married, get the corporate job, you know, after you get the, get the degree, get the corporate job, um, you know, buy a house, buy stuff, you know, just, um, you know, all all the things, yeah, all the things that they tell you to do. And, and all of it was just filling the void all the outside stuff, you know, and, and it turned into all of it, you know, whether it was retail therapy, like buying new cars and better things to fill the hole, you know, it could have been experiences. Like, let me check out of my life for a little bit and go on these vacations that were so extreme. You know, again, it's just filling the void or it was filling the void with food or drugs or alcohol. And even at my rock bottom moment, was self-harm just something to change how I was feeling in that moment because I had no idea how to um, dig into it and understand and and really connect to myself I, I was so disconnected my walls weren't just about protecting me from the outside world those walls were disconnecting me from myself I was so compartmentalized and just kind of editing out certain you know traumas and parts of my past and things in my story and all of that manifested as chronic health conditions. I was a hundred pounds overweight. I was in this miserable corporate job for seven years as a chemist for a pharmaceutical company. And that was not a healthy environment for me. And I actually lost my career. I was on disability. I was so sick. I was walking with a cane. I couldn't even function very well. My health was so bad, the depression, the anxiety, and my marriage was falling apart. And at the root, I, I just hated myself. I was so disconnected and so out of alignment from, I think, you know, my, who my inner being knew my truth was, but this, this outside was somebody else. Wow. How, how did you recognize then if you were so far out of alignment, how did you then recognize that you were at rock bottom? Um, it, it was kind of a, an interesting experience. It was one of those moments where I finally gained awareness of, of just being present in the moment. I was so checked out. I was so on autopilot um, and so disconnected. But I remember the moment where I was standing in my kitchen shoving food. I like I was standing in front of the cabinet. I didn't even like... I was just taking the food out of the cabinet and shoving it in my face. 
Like I wasn't even putting it on a plate or anything. Like I'm standing there shoving food in my mouth and I'm chasing it with a bottle of wine, drinking it right out of the bottle. Like who needs a glass and bawling my eyes out. And I remember the awareness moment was I'm trying to make my outside look as ugly as I feel inside. And it was such a powerful moment for me because I was like, holy crap, I'm actually thinking this. I'm feeling this. Like, wait a minute, what is going on here? And it was just such a moment of, of clarity on how far I had gone down this path. And I kind of, after that, threw in the towel. And what was really powerful with this awareness was I threw in the towel on trying to control anything else other than me. And that was the moment I took my power back. That is so powerful. Stacey, honestly, thank you. I think you're just incredible. And your story <laughs> is so impactful. But what's what really strikes me is how is how that story is, is unique to you, but it's so prevalent in so many other women's lives and, and just people in general. How did you begin to rebuild from there? Because obviously you'd, you'd reach this point where you couldn't avoid it anymore. And it was kind of like, okay, we got to deal with this now. Um, I, you know, was it, what was like the first step you kind of took? Did you reach out to someone? What did that, what did that look like? So I, I'd actually already been in therapy for a few years. And so that was extremely helpful. I think that was huge that I, I was always one who was willing to seek help in, in some capacity. So I had already been um, seeing my, my trauma therapist, my, my PTSD therapist at the vet center for, for veterans. And she was amazing. Um, and then, you know, ha I remember having that conversation with her, like telling her, like, I'm done. I'm done trying to control anything other than myself. And what I decided to do was start with what was kind of the low hanging fruit, you know, keep it simple. Cause overthinkers, we're going to complicate everything and make it super hard. So we can't actually take action, follow through and get our goals. So I was like, low hanging fruit is I have control over what I put in my body and what I do with my body. And so I jumped into doing a cleanse and really shifting how I was eating at the same time. I really started doing a little bit deeper work in shifting my thinking, my mindset. And so when people ask me, how did you lose 100 pounds? I tell them I changed who I was being in my life. Mm. That is so good because it's not, it's not always what you do. It's actually who you are and who you're identifying with. That weight on my body was simply the physical manifestation of the emotional burden I was carrying. And until I was willing to detox my thoughts and emotions, you know, there's only so far you can go with fixing your health and your body. And so, so I did, I, I mean, I did, I, I did a lot with like a juice, juice reboot and did that for a while, but it, in that same process, it was a lot of the shifting, you know, like I said, the thoughts and, and feelings. And it's very empowering when you put so much energy into what you actually have control over instead of the trying to control all these other things inside of our head with expectation and perfection and procrastination and dishonesty and you know, all of those things that we do. So how, how do you break that, the sabotage of like perfectionism and procrastination? So over the last um, four years, as I've really dug into it, because again, overthinkers were great at making things way more difficult. You know, I broke it down into the simplest thing and I call it the empowered overthinker method. And this is breaking that sabotage cycle, breaking the inner critic cycle, anything like that. And so it's a four step process. And I've actually will have it detailed immensely in my upcoming book that'll be released in June, but I'm super excited to share it with you now. It's, um, 
the cycle, I tend to start with awareness because, you know, well, whatever we notice ourselves doing or not doing, it just kind of starts with awareness. And it's, you know, we can start with saying, okay, what am I, what am I doing? What am I not doing? But really the root of awareness is who am I being? Who am I being? You know, to understand, yes, I see I'm not taking action or what I am doing instead of what I really want to be doing. But it's recognizing, oh, I am sabotaging. I am avoiding. I am afraid. Um, you know, I am whatever the emotions or the thoughts that are contributing to what you're seeing happening. And so the awareness of that slightly deeper level of who am I being? And then the next step in the process is ownership, taking full responsibility for who we are being in that moment, what we are doing. And in the process of taking full ownership, also letting go of all that stuff that we're not responsible for, you know, all that stuff that we're trying to control that we really don't have any control over. You know, shifting that energy to, okay, yes, I see that I am feeling this way or this is what I am actually doing and this is my responsibility. And, oh, look at all this time and energy I'm wasting trying to control these things that are not within my control. You know, so being in that that moment of clarity and ownership of responsibility. And so the question here under ownership is why am I being this way or why am I doing this in terms of that cycle, that sabotage cycle. So once we understand what's really going on, like who am I being, why am I being this way, <laughs> you know, then it allows us to go into the next step, which is alignment. And this is, you know, taking this new empowered space of ownership and then taking it into alignment and breaking free from those shoulds. Because again, the perfection, the procrastination, the fear, the worry, all of that stuff is so often because we're, we're taking action based on shoulds or comparison or external dictations of, of whatever we need to be creating or doing or whatever, you know, all of that stuff. And so that's why we tend to go into these sabotage modes or not take action because we're dictating our actions based on shoulds, not being in alignment. So this is the opportunity to check in with the truth of who you are and connect to yourself and ask yourself the question, what do I need? And it's such an empowering space because you're aligning with you, your truth, your authentic self, your inner being. And then allowing that answer of what do I need to dictate the next step, which is action. And taking empowered action from the aligned space is way less triggering. You know, this is going to move you away from triggering the self-doubt because now you're acting from a place of confidence because it's aligned versus, you know, taking action that triggers the inner critic of like, oh, is this good enough? Or what ifs or the worries or, you know, avoiding the action altogether because it's not from that space of alignment. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, absolutely. that's just the simplest way to sort of go through the process of like, you know, you see, okay, well, I'm stuck. All right. So and then you go right into starting, kind of starting with awareness. But it's cool because even if you see the symptom of maybe feeling stuck and not taking action, where we can get stuck in the cycle could be any of those places. You know, perhaps the reason we're not taking action is because we're out of alignment or maybe we're not taking ownership or, you know, in, of, of what's actually ours. Or again, maybe we're attempting to be responsible for stuff that isn't ours. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, what what really like really fascinates me with you is that you call yourself the empowered overthinker. So that means that you're still considering yourself to be an overthinker and you haven't tried to kind of squash who it is that you inherently are and how you 
you know, deal with the world on a, on a really just natural level. But instead of thinking about it as like a negative, you've gone, okay, well, I can actually switch my thought process. And that is actually empowering because while I'm still, you know, thinking about things, it's not coming from a place of, uh, like you said, where you're lacking confidence or you're lacking inspiration or you're not in alignment. I really, I really love that. I love that kind of, um, that I want to say label, but I mean, really just like brand, you know, that, that brand that you, you've, built your your life around and I mean is that fair to say oh absolutely absolutely there's so many positive qualities that contribute to that you know kind of as I was mentioning with sort of the high achieving high performance things like that you know I I naturally my brain just functions at a really fast rate you know somebody would probably say I'm a little ADD even a little bit ADHD with the severity sometimes and Rather than working against myself, I'm working with myself. And people who follow me and my content, I always am very honest about the fact that I still get triggered. Sabotage still happens. But the key is then implementing the tools to be able to get back on track quickly rather than going down a sabotage cycle that takes months or years to recover from. You know, I can have something really, really big happen. And I, my, my level of self-management is so high now because I'm so empowered that I'm able to work through things in seconds or minutes or hours. So it's a very different space. But yeah, I, I love kind of being, being that overthinkery self. You know, it's just when it used to be out of control. Mm. you know and and like since since you don't seem to do things by halves like everything is so um hyper you're an overthinker you're an overachiever uh it makes sense that you kind of ditched the corporate world and gone into this entrepreneurial space but that must have I mean that must have freaked you out a little bit to start with did it did it not like what made you begin to think about working for yourself and sharing your story and helping to empower others oh absolutely I think you know I always you know kind of the standard term of of always feeling like a square peg in a round hole I never really felt like I fit in anywhere um especially professionally especially professionally. I mean, it was just too many uh, skills and qualities to bring to the table that were not being maximized in any other place where they were telling me, this is what you're doing. You know, I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I mean I'm super science nerd. I mean, I, my degree's in biology. I was a pharmaceutical chemist. I love science and, and, and anything that's very analytical and very logical. And honestly, it's because it's, safe. I mean, mm. you know, it's, you can test it and you've got a hypothesis and you can, you know, in a lab and just all of those things, it's very, very safe. And then the other side of me is I love the freedom of art and painting and drawing and being creative. And, um, where my disconnect or my out of alignment used to be is I felt like it, it could be one or the other, like it was very extreme. And, and now it's a place of, of integration. But um, yeah, yeah, I just, it's so important to share all of that stuff because that story is, when I tell these stories and I share these things, it's telling the story for everyone else because it's already, you know, it's what they're feeling and what they're thinking. And we so often feel like we're alone. And so it's important to share all of that. Yeah. And I think particularly in the coaching space, a lot of people come to it and say, well, I could never do that because there's already so many other coaches out there. What are your thoughts on people that say things like that? Um, you know, it's always about different flavors. I mean, the reason, I mean, in, in jumping into entrepreneurship, First of all, because I mean, I kind of deviated from that a little bit, but it triggered everything. I felt like I was starting over again in terms of my mm. my journey to, of, of self-management and control, because now I'm jumping into entrepreneurship and everything's outside of my comfort zone all the time. So literally my first two years in business were just a constant sabotage cycle. 
<laughs> until I invested in coaches and mentors to help expand my toolkit. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just par for the course. And so, you know, for those of you who are interested in living your purpose and being of service in another way, everyone's life experience is so different. What you're bringing to the table is authentically you and there's no other you. And people are absolutely going to gravitate to that. That's why I shifted into um, or shifted away from my original branding and shifted into just owning my story, owning being, you know, Stacey Rathke, the empowered overthinker, because that's how I was attracting my ideal clients. You know, there's absolutely 100% a niche out there for everyone because the niche isn't contrived. It's just you. You know, we, we mm. tend to work with people who are a mere reflection of where we used to be. And so, yeah, there's no saturation of coaches at all. Coaches, mentors, any of that, because everyone needs help and support. And the more clear you are on who you are being in being of service, like what lights you up the most, you know, I love to call it like, what's your secret sauce. Um, but also how that translates to attracting that ideal client, like who do you love helping? And the more clear you are on that, the more your business will thrive. Mm, and that actually hits a nail um, on the head of something I spoke about earlier this week. And that is, uh, you know, for a bit of context, I, I reached out to a friend and, um, you know, I said, would you be interested in sharing your story? And he came back to me and said, I don't think I'm qualified. Wow. And I was like, Dude, no, like <laughs> you're you, you're qualified enough. Like you are 100% qualified by simply being you. And I love what you say about your, you believe in the school of life. I'm all about building your life resume and taking your experiences as qualifications and, you know, using what you have, because that is more genuine. It is more authentic because you're speaking from a place of not just education, but experience. Yeah. The value of experience far exceeds education. Now, granted, I mean, I respect my profession. I have numerous certifications and credentials, but I don't lead, lead with the alphabet soup. You know, all the... Mm. <laughs> acronyms after the name. I, I don't lead with that. I lead with my story. That is the power that connects to my audience. Because again, that's what they hear me telling their story through my words. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, you're totally in my head right now. <laughs> you know, and absolutely it is. It's 99% it's of what I do with my clients, what I share, what I teach is just been through my experience and my story and it evolves and it grows. But again, when we come to the stage and say, but I'm not certified enough, credentialed enough, experienced enough, any of those enoughs, it's just the fluff over that root scarcity belief of I am not enough. And until we address that root issue, our business will not go where we want it to go because that's how we get in the way, especially as a solopreneur, right? You are your brand. You are your business. Mm. And that goes, that goes just for life too, in general, right? Like if you're coming from a, a place of scarcity and not believing that you're enough, then everything's going to suffer from there. So how then, like what kind of strategies can someone who, is going, oh my gosh, these girls are in my head. How do they know what I'm thinking? But how do I actually get out of this? Like, what can I actually do today to kind of switch that mindset? So absolutely, I'm all about action, all about action, but doing it again from that aligned space and not all action needs to be doing in the sense of like masculine energy. And again, I mean, whether you're, 
male, female, fluid, whatever. Um, you know, we have all have a balance of masculine, feminine energy, you know, so we've got the doing, which is the masculine, the, the, the action space. And then we've got the feminine energy, which is more of the being. And I think we so often undervalue the being as not doing or not in action. So sometimes I just want to throw that out there. Sometimes simply just being with yourself is so powerful. Um, but my, my, my easy way to do it is I go through the foundational five R's. So this is kind of the process for really having consistency and self-management and then speeding up that empowered overthinker method that I discussed um, at the beginning. And it starts with routines which is just giving yourself some type of a routine that is very nurturing and nourishing for you, you know, and, and supportive of your goals. So, you know, a lot of people say, you know, master your morning, you, you win the day, right? So having that, that little bit of that morning routine or whenever it fits into your schedule, but having things that nurture you and allows you to practice being present and connecting to you. So it's things like journaling, meditation, devotional time or prayer, um, reading, you know, just something that's for you. And I love things too with my overthinking brain, stuff like plan my day and then giving myself a very targeted daily action step that supports my goals. So routines and the power of routine is make sure you track it, you know, whether you use an app or just a piece of paper, Excel spreadsheet, just something to just track it. Did I do it? Did I not do it? So you can understand over time, what are the trends? You know, what's working? What's not working? Super simple, but just making sure it's focused on the right things. So step, uh, the next one is release. <laughs> Huge. I, I say a lot of us, you know, if we're overthinkers, we tend to also struggle with um, kind of being people pleasers and we're kind of, you know, have a lot of empathy. And so we're just taking on all of these burdens. You know, if we're trying to control all this stuff we don't actually have control over, you know, we're taking on the, the burdens and the emotions of all these other people and things. And so we're kind of backed up. I say emotionally constipated, <laughs> you know, we're just, we're just backed up with all this emotion and energy and we don't know what to do with it until we kind of snap, we blow up, you know, we pick a fight with our spouse or our partner, or we snap at our kids over something small, you know, we just lose it, we shut down and that fuels a lot of that sabotage cycle. So it's release both in terms of a constructive release of negative thoughts and emotions. I love write and burn. I love journaling. Just there's tons of things. Tapping, you know, EFT is amazing. There's lots of release techniques. Exercise is good too. Um, and then also release in terms of letting go of stuff that is not within your control. If it's not yours, I literally draw a line down a piece of paper and just do mine, not mine and just map it out, like get it on paper. <laughs> like, what am I focusing on right now? And is this something actually within my control? So release, super good. Uh, yeah. And then the third one is receive. We are the biggest blockers to our own success because we do not believe leave allow ourselves to be open to receive the abundance we're working to create in our life and our business we're walled off we don't believe we're good enough worthy or deserving of success or love or money or whatever and so we literally block ourselves from from receiving it yeah it's so crazy. So how, how, how do we then receive? I, the fastest way that I found to breaking down that barrier is to actually start working on connecting to yourself and doing uh, the mirror exercise where you look at yourself, look into yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you until you believe it. It's, it's super awkward and super uncomfortable at the beginning when you do it. And the first time somebody asked me, one of my mentors asked me to do it, I avoided it 
for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it ended up, I finally did it and I ended up bawling my eyes out, but it turned into like this amazing 15 minute pep talk. And now I do it quite often, but it just helps to quickly whittle away that wall that we have with ourselves. Cause until you're willing to receive love from yourself, you're not going to be able to receive abundance, love, support, money, any, any other resources from anywhere else. That is such a good one. And I, I think, like you said, it can be it can be kind of awkward to like just look at yourself and talk to yourself. But the the most necessary things are often the most uncomfortable things. Absolutely. So love that. Receiving, Absolutely. receiving. Stop stop hindering yeah. yourself. Yeah. Holy crap. Well, and and even with release, you can do the same exercise by saying and say, I forgive you. You want to talk about release, just letting go of all the shame and the guilt and the resentment and anger we have towards ourselves for our role in all this past junk that we won't let go of. Just, I forgive you. Yeah. Like awareness and acceptance. Yeah. Just going, wow, this, this, is, this is where we're at now. And that doesn't dictate where you're going. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the fourth R is respect to respect your boundaries. And this is such a pain point for so many people that I meet. And this is why I call myself a boundaries expert because I dug way into this because this is the mechanism for creating change everywhere else and building a strong relationship with yourself. Because, you know, everybody that talks about boundaries tends to put it in the context of external things, but at the root, your relationship with anything else, whether it's time, money, other people, your goals, uh, your relationship with love, joy, health, just any, any resource in your life is just a reflection of your relationship with yourself. And ultimately, boundaries are for you. And so that process of getting clear on your boundaries is, you know, about ownership and responsibility for you. They're just about you and just what you will and will not allow in your little bubble, you know? So things like being able to just starting by saying no to things that don't serve you. Yes, I still have anxiety and discomfort triggered sometimes when I'm holding to my boundaries. But I, I feel better knowing that I held to them when I push past the discomfort and say, yeah, this is not serving me and I'm not being of service to someone else by continuing to be a yes man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it's a good it's a good place to start, you know, and just holding to things like saying no, holding to your calendar, because almost all the issues that we see in our life really are just symptoms of a lack of boundaries. Well, girl, I'm loving this. This is so practical. Thanks. No, it is. It is. And that is, I think, what more people need because so often we hear, and I'm, I'm, I don't get me wrong, I am like holding out for the fifth point, but we are so often kind of bombarded with the same messages. And like you say, sometimes it just takes a different person to present this message and then it resonates with you. But a lot of the time we're like, okay, well, I know I have to love myself. I know I should meditate. Like I know I should eat healthy. I know I should do these things, but really having these practical steps and going, okay, this is what you actually can do. It's not just love yourself. It's like, this is how you love yourself. This is how you practically and actionably take those steps and they're not going to look pretty, but they're going to work. And and that it's, yeah, it can still be uncomfortable following through with these steps, but it works. All of this stuff works. And, you know, being the empowered overthinker, I'm all about explaining the how and the why. That's why I present all of this information in the way that I do, because I know for me, I want to know the how and the why of everything. You know, I'm super analytical. I got to understand, you know, 8 million ways around a concept or a lesson, right? I'm an overthinker and I'm okay with that. So, you know, it's about presenting the information in a way that is super easy to digest easy to put in action, but making sure the picture is completely painted so you understand the purpose. Yes. All right. Hit us. Hit us with the fifth point. And the last R is raise. Mm -hmm. This is about raising your standards of what you're willing to have for you. 
And it's raising, it's upgrading, it's elevating all of these things in your life. You know, it can be upgrading your toolkit. You know, whether, you know, even just listening to this, this podcast today and, and taking in some of these actionable steps and saying, okay, that's a great new tool. I'm going to use that. You know, that's upgrading your toolkit. Maybe it's up leveling your tribe of people, right? If we're the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with, maybe we need to shift our five people. You know, maybe it's, it's up leveling and upgrading and raising the standard of what you're feeding yourself, not just physically, but you know, what's in your social media newsfeed? What are you watching? What are you listening to? You know, what are you feeding your body? All of those things. You know, then it's also considering the fact that I am going to raise myself and elevate my vibration, you know, and start managing my energy more. And maybe it's raising my standards enough to say, you know what, it's okay for me to ask for help. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to do it all on my own. It's okay to ask for help. Okay, moment of silence for everyone who just had a moment of like transformation. (laughs) Because yes, raise your standards, raise everything that is happening in your life and ultimately your life will rise to what you're doing. Oh, yes. Five hours. Love that. I've written that all down. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. And like I said, that's all the stuff that's going to be going in my, in my book. So that's exciting. When, when did you say that's coming out? Sorry. June, (gasps) June. I don't have a final locked in date yet. Um, but yeah, yeah. The target, the goal is June. Okay, so with all of this going on, how how do you stay consistent? Well, I practice what I preach. I have my my little tracker for my routine every day and I do it. I you know, I meditate in the morning, I journal, I, I pick my action step, I plan my day. Um, I celebrate my successes every evening. I have a little a little PM routine and I read. Um, I have scheduled time that I write in my book um, every day or close to every day because I'm, I'm not going to force myself if I'm not in the flow. And, and there's a lot of that too with my awareness like, ooh, you know what? Not feeling it. That's okay. You know, I mean, I'm also writing an article for a magazine right now, Inspiring Lives Magazine. That'll be summer release as well. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of that stuff. And then the release techniques, you know, making sure that anytime I'm triggered, I, I'm doing those things to let that stuff go and implementing that empowered overthinker method. Um, the really working on the open to receive, I follow through with respecting my boundaries every day and I'm constantly upgrading, constantly raising my standards. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. You're, you're living such, um, such a bright life, I think. And, you know, you can only shine on everyone else. And, and I think everyone else that listens to this right now and knows you indirectly or directly will be picking up on that because, you know, we are what we surround ourselves with. And I'm so grateful for that. But with, with all of, I guess, your, your journey at the moment, like surely through the last 10, 15 years, your idea of success must have changed. And I'm really curious to know, because this is something I ask towards the end of every episode, is what does your idea of success look like? Ooh, that is such a juicy, juicy question. And I love, love, love that. Absolutely, it has changed with shifting away from that that space of defining i used to define success based on those external things you know like i mentioned where i was you know patching and and filling that hole that void that i was feeling internally with all that external stuff and so i used to define it on you know how much i made in a year or what i had parked in my driveway or how many friends I had or, you know, whatever it was. So it used to be something external. And now I define sex, uh, success based on how I feel about myself and 
who I am being in my life. And so it's really about the level of joy and fulfillment that I have in, in any given moment. And it just increases exponentially on the daily, almost hourly um, level. It just keeps growing. So you're, you're successful. Like <laughs> you're, you are like, you're on track. And I think <laughs> that is such a beautiful, beautiful perspective on what success looks like because it's so achievable. If you are willing to do the work, you know, and um, build yourself up. And it's a lot easier than we think it is. And I, and I say that from the overthinker perspective, because when we have all that stuff going on in our head, everything seems huge. Everything, you know, we're looking at the end game and, and, you know, even just at the idea when I started this process, you know, the idea of losing a hundred pounds was overwhelming, but it was more about breaking it down to, instead of worrying about the outcome, like what's the action? Okay, well, this is the smoothie I need to make right now, or this is the juice I need to make right now. Just focus on today or just break it down to like the smallest little thing that you need to, to do. You know, we have the power of choice in any moment. We choose who we are being in our lives in any moment. And you have the power to change it if you're not happy with who you're being. Girl, yes. I am so hyped right now. I'm just like absorbing like a little sponge. Um, the energy is just so contagious. And I love that. And I hope everyone else is feeling that and taking a ton of notes. Just to wrap things up, I would love to know what your favorite word is. Yes, um, I would say right now it, it really is empowered. You know, empowered, empowerment, because I spent so much of my life powerless, giving my power away to things and people and feeling so out of control, disempowered in that very victim space. Everything happened to me and I felt like I had no control and no choice. And fast forward to today, being in this space of, of empowered, having taken my power back is just so phenomenal, so freeing, so liberating. I mean, so many of us are working towards building these lives of freedom, but there's nothing more freeing than being in control of yourself to be, you know, have the power, your power back. That is so special. And are, are you okay? I just want to like reach out and hug you. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. All of the the real and the raw, it's just it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a bad thing. You know, it's just about sharing that connection, sharing this moment with you, sharing the moment with you the listener and you know, it's all it's all good. It's all good. It is. It's so good. Everything is so good. You just yeah, like you say, I have to choose to and I love that word. That is so, so, so special. And this entire, this entire conversation has been so special. So thank you. Oh, you are very welcome. And thank you. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Please don't forget to pop over to wherever you are listening to podcasts and drop a review and rate the show. Also, make sure you check out the show notes where there is extra information on everything we spoke about. Cool guys, until next time.